I just want to say this at the start. Please listen to Anne Hawkins preach from last week because it was absolutely awesome. She hit the ball out of the park and laid incredible biblical foundations that will actually mean that this morning makes way more sense if you've heard what she had to say. So Kingdom Finances really is about partnering with God to, um, to make what God has given us prosper so that every family on earth will be blessed. That, is, that was the covenant he made with Abraham. We're Abraham's kids. Um, but money is a complicated thing. And sometimes we get a bit hung up on a few things about it. And so we're just going to quickly dive into one of the things. So Matthew 6, 24. No one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now the word mammon is often translated as money or wealth. But actually, the Greek uh, is the word is mammonis, which actually means to personify wealth by placing our trust in it or to deify it as a god. So in other words, to worship it. So what that means is that serving mammon, so serving money or wealth, would be like treating it as the most valuable thing and allowing wealth really to define our value system and really becoming self-deserving and relying on ourselves apart from God. Now, the Bible says that the love of money is the root of all evil. And often, we completely misquote this or just misread it or just mishear it or misthink it. And we think that money is the root of all evil. But is that is not the case. It's the love of money that's the root of all evil. And Hebrews even tells us to keep our life free from the love of money. Obviously, we know that the greatest commandment is to love God first and love our neighbors or love ourselves. So money uh, does not feature in that equation at all. Um, and then when Jesus told the rich young ruler, um, you know, to sell everything he has, we can often even misunderstand that. He, he wasn't condemning him for being wealthy, but actually it was about a heart issue. It was his love of money that was the challenge and the issue. And that was, he, he, you know, we don't know what actually happened to him, but Jesus is the one who said it's hard for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. But then he explained to his disciples, but with God, all things are possible. He didn't say they can never. It's just more difficult because sometimes, you know, their hearts can get tied up. So Anne amazingly did a phenomenal job last week of unpacking the context of money really in the whole Bible. I mean, how she did it and the time she had is really just a miracle in and of itself. Um, and so God told Abraham that he would bless him and he would make him the head and not the tail. And then Genesis 13 actually tells us that Abraham grew wealthy in gold, silver, and livestock. I mean, this guy was minted. Uh, so much so that he could, like, him and Lot could, like, go their separate ways and, you know, portion off all the bits that they... Um, that they had. Um, so we need to put this verse about mammon in that context. This is about our hearts. And so the question is this for all of us, and we need to regularly just check, check in with Holy Spirit about this. Are we serving mammon? So is, is it something that we are like just gripped by and we have a heart of anxiety, fear, and constantly trying to get things and being controlled by it? Are we, or are we serving God with right stewardship of money in service to his priorities? So today, we're going to look at three kingdom truths. Uh, there's, there are loads more, but three that I believe are actually going to release um, like heaven finance principles into our life. So I 
I fully believe that. So in worship, I, there was a whole lot of things happening in the spirit. And I really feel like today, stuff's going to shift in your life around the area of finance that is going to transform what your bank account looks like and how you think and feel about money. So the first uh, kingdom key um, is... Um, knowing that God is good and that God is abundant. So the Bible tells us that one of the names of God is Jehovah Jireh. Now, that literally means the Lord will see or the Lord will see to it. Um, we, we know it as, you know, the Lord will provide. Um, and actually knowing that God will see to it because he's good is one of the things that will completely change our lives. The implications of that are phenomenal and they're huge. So let's just have a look at Matthew 6, some more. So anyway, there we, Anne covered this again last, uh, last week, but we're just going to have a look at a different version this week. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? And then verse 28. Um, why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arranged like one of these. We really need to look at this. Like, really look at this. So God takes care of the birds. I mean, that is, a, that is a very basic statement to make. And the lilies. So he will certainly take care of you. And so maybe we just need to say that because it's simple. Um, so if you're willing to repeat after me, uh, we're going to say, uh, God takes care of the, bir the birds and the lilies, so he will certainly take care of me. One, three. One, two, three. God takes care of the birds and the lilies, so he certainly, he'll take care of me. So God is good, God is abundant, and God has made available to us all of the resources that we need for what we're called to. So Matthew 6, further down, also says, we all know this one, um, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be provided to you. Um, so do not uh, worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow won't worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So to seek the kingdom of God is really to come into a place before God where you know that he's good and you know that whatever you're going through right now, God is going to get you through and that the Lord will see to it. And so I'm just going to invite up a great friend of our family who we all love hugely, the mighty Gideon, who's just going to share a testimony as part of just this point, actually, that God is good and that God is abundant and that he will see to it. Hi. Uh, yes, I just want to uh, glorify God to yeah, what he did. So uh, last year, uh, Janice uh, had, she, she hit a rock bottom, so she wasn't able to work. And uh, that was for the full, full six months, uh, basically just almost like bed rest. After six months, she decided like, okay, I'm ready to go to work. But then he was, uh, she was uh, tested uh, COVID positive and uh, it became long, a, a long COVID uh, symptoms till now. So eight months. So it's like almost like 14 months of uh, unfit to work, not able to work. So that 
full eight months, uh, the company didn't pay her. And uh, the insurance as well didn't pay her. And uh, we, as well, the, the big lump sum of God's provision in our family is through her income. So eight months, there's no income, nothing. But then God has, I think God is just really testing. He tested our, 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 well, our finances. So for that eight months of no income, we still give the, the full amount of our tithing to God. And twice, God asked me, I need you to give a lump sum to someone else. So twice. And then when I, when, when God, when I heard that from God, I just quickly like transferred the money because if I waited for so long, I will not do that. So when I heard that from God, it's like, okay, right away, what's your account number? And they just transferred this and said, just give it to God. So just basically give it to God. So the company refused to pay her and then we appeal to the company. It's because long COVID is something new. There's no proper diagnosis. So insurance will not pay, so-called. So we appeal again and uh, we even have to source out uh, government uh, financial assistance, but government as well de denied, de declined all our, our paperwork and everything. And for Janice to have brain fog, filling up 100 pages of forms is just a lot. So the f our, our life group has been faithfully praying for us. Last Sunday, uh, Ian and Anne, I, I went to see them. They, they were like, no one's approaching them to, for prayer. So I went there and asked for prayer. Uh, they declared breakthrough in finances and everything. And then uh, 5th of October, no, 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 6th of October, Ian and uh, Theresa prayed on the phone, you know, like prayed for us and declaring breakthrough again. So 6th of October, uh, Olivia sent us a text message in a group ch family group chat. It's a, 6th of October is a national transfer money to your daughter's day. 6th of October. And she's basically expecting us to transfer money to her. And guess what? HR phoned Janice and say, we are paying the full eight months to you. And as an apology, we will compensate you some more. <laughs> and, then, and then that day I went for a run. And then I was just, every time I go for a run, I invite Holy Spirit. And then Holy Spirit told me like, because, you know, like it's national transfer money to your daughter's day. So it's like, I'm a good father and I transfer money to, your, to my daughter Janice. So glory to God. <laughs> Woo, Jesus. Wow, thank you, Father. Wow, so that, that takes care of that point. God is good and God is abundant. <laughs> uh, so it's just one thing, like years ago, God said to me, I want you to believe what I say is true. And I'm just gonna ask you this question, do you? Do you believe that what God says is true? Uh, Jesus is our king and he is the highest authority and we're under his goodness and his abundance. And Philippians 4, 19 says that our, my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That is the truth and we need to believe it. And I love this other version. Oh, I don't have it here. Um, it says this, um, my God will fully supply all your needs from his wealth 
by means of the glorious anointing of Jesus. So a question for you just to ponder right now, and I just want to ask you this to think about. Do you believe deep in your heart and not just in your mind that God is good, that God is abundant, and that he wants to abundantly bless you? And if you struggle with any of that, then he is the one who's going to be the one that's able to set you free. And obviously, we'll pray for you at the end too. So I just want you, this is your moment to put your hand up and be brave. But if do you find it challenging uh, or not easy to seek first his kingdom and believe that everything else will be added? So if that's you, I want you to be brave and put your hand up because I would like to give you something. Thank you for the brave person. So this is for you. Every time you drink out of this mug, you will be reminded the truth of seeking first the kingdom of God and it being added to you. <laughs> okay, so the second kingdom key is becoming a gener- an abundant, generous person. Second Samuel tells us, with the kind, you show yourself kind, and with the blameless, you show yourself blameless. And then in Proverbs, we read that he who's generous will be blessed. And sowing and reaping is a rock-solid principle woven into God's design of the universe. The thing about sowing, though, is it is always an exercise of trust because you don't really know what's going to happen next or when. But realizing that he is abundant makes you want to become abundant. And as you do, you realize how abundant he is because he always adds back to you. Meaning that the more abundant you become, the more you realize he is abundant and it just becomes this perpetual cycle because we can never outgive God. Now, if we were to, Anne alluded to this last week, that if we, you know, if you start taking verses out of context, you could, especially in the New Testament, you could become very confused about finance. So freely you've received, freely give, but then do not store up for yourself treasures on the earth. All very confusing. And if we were to base our life solely on some of those scriptures, which are often a bit contradictory, then our life could go askew. But we have to take scripture in light of the whole of the Bible. We can't just pick bits out that we like and think, oh, that's it or that's not it. Um, And the thing about um, what Anne did a great job last week of just um, unpacking for us was just like explaining like what was it that God did with Abraham? What was, how was he mentoring him? And we need to remember in the New Testament when Jesus was teaching and speaking that he was speaking to a people who already had an economic system that was established by God. Now, the Jewish people, they um, were taught that what they had to do is that they were they themselves and also to others, they were to teach them how to own the pond. So imagining, you know, obviously we know that God gave them land and they were to manage it and take care of it and it was to provide for them and their family and create legacy like God taught Abraham. But when you picture a pond, I mean, I wish I had to take in one of those hula hoops from the hub that we've got for sale so I could stand in it. But picture a big circle around yourself and inside of that pond or that circle are all the things with which you have a covenant. So everything that you have responsibility to manage, um, which would be things, you know, as boring as contracts with your electricity company or your mortgage company. And... Romans tells us that we are to pay to all what is owed to them. So taxes, to whom taxes are owed, revenue, to whom revenue is owed, and respect, to whom respect is owed, honour, to whom honour is owed. So the goal is for us to be the head, not the tail, and then to be a blessing. 
And God is a covenant keeper. Like, it's all through the Bible. That's, what, that's who he is. You know, we, we know that, and it's how he wants us to live. We need to keep our covenants first before we give um, to or help others. So who then do we give to, you ask? Or maybe you're not. But generosity um, is, is for people outside of our circle, but it's not just for them. Because we have to meet the covenants that we have and be generous to the people inside of our circle first. So if you have children, are you generous to your children? Are you generous to your employees if you have employees? Um, do, yeah, what does it look like? You know, generosity starts on the inside and it works its way out. So it starts in your home and your marriage and with those you have a covenant with. And the thing about having a boundary with our circle or our pond, whatever you want to call it, is actually so that we can have a pond that is overflowing and abundant so that it will flow out and beyond our boundaries and be um, a blessing. So just a question for you to think about. Do people in your family perceive you as generous? And what about the people that you relate to? Do they perceive you as generous? Cornelius in Acts 10, he um, you know, he, his prayers and his gifts um, kind of went up before the Lord as almost like a, you know, kind of like they've gone on record. And why, why was that? Well, we know he gave to the poor. He was generous. But, and it's not a formula, but the thing about generosity is that it does actually catch God's eye because his heart was one that was just willing to, to give in the way that God wanted him to. So I personally... I have seen God do all sorts of things in my life. I don't have time today to tell you all the stories, but one of them is this. There was one day where I felt God tell me, just a bit like Gideon, I want you to give this amount of money to this person. So I did it. I just like, boom, done. I, I respond quickly too. It's better not to dwell on it. Just be obedient speedily. Um, and what was outrageous was this, that the person that, that, that I gave the money to had just been having a conversation hours before they received the money that I sent whereby they had said to the person they were with, no one has ever sown into me financially. And God knew that. And he just wanted one of his kids to be generous and obedient to show another kid his abundance. A great example of abundance in scripture that I love is the feeding of the 5,000. So you have Jesus who, I mean, to be, the, to be a disciple, quite challenging, we, we know that, but he'd really test them by asking them to do something that they cannot do. You give them something to eat, he says to them, and they basically, here they get, you know, so they get their wee teeny bit of bread and their wee teeny bit of fish, and they get turned towards all the people that are sitting waiting for food, and they walk towards them. Can you imagine actually going with your wee teeny bit of fish and your wee teeny bit of bread, and that's what you've got to feed this whopping group of starving people who are facing you? And so Jesus really took them to the end of themselves. They had to step into the supernatural provision of God. But the only thing that Jesus wants is what I have. That's what he wants. He wants what we have. Um, and what Jesus did was he obviously blessed what they, you know, he blessed what they had, gave it back to them, and off they went with a wee bit of bread and fish. And what is actually happening in this story? What is happening in this story? Well, I believe that he's... The thing that Jesus was doing was strengthening the trust in his voice. Every step that they took towards those hungry people required trust. And what, what, what would have happened if they didn't give away what they had? And it was because the thing was, is this until they gave it away, 
they didn't realise what they had. The miracle took place as the disciples started to give out the wee bit of bread and the wee bit of fish, and they watched it multiply in their hand in front of their eyes. And we know that all ate, all were satisfied, and there were 12 baskets left over. So in the voice of God is unlimited provision. And the disciples would never have seen that if they hadn't stepped out in obedience. And then what happened was they became witnesses to you know, that God is not only provider, but a God of abundance. So I want to ask you a brave question again to put your hand up. If you find it difficult to trust God when it comes to money and being obedient when he asks you to give money away, uh, then I would like you to pop your hand in the air. God asks you to give money away. Do you struggle, find that difficult? So I have something I'd like to give you. Any brave person wants to put their hand up? Oh my goodness, you have no idea what's in here. Okay. Well, I'm gonna sow, I'm gonna sow to you, Gideon, as a man who trusts God well. (laughs) Okay, so next question for you guys. How much have you ever given to God? You don't have to answer me back, but just think about it. How much have you ever given to God? How much have you ever given to God? Well, controversially, the answer is nothing. Because God owns everything. In Exodus, he says, the whole earth is mine, which means he is the rightful owner of everything that we have, which means the money that we earn belongs to him. He's the one who gives seed to the sower. Um, It's all from him. So there is nothing that we give that did not, not already come from him. It's all his. Okay, third kingdom key. Giving my first fruits to God. Which I love doing. So exciting. We're going to dive into why it's exciting. So, Proverbs 3 says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. <laughs> you can't hopefully see that wee picture. So we all know that tithe means 10%. Um, and I just want to be clear, I would put tithing to your local church community inside of your pond as part of your covenants. It is, it is the thing that is first in my pond. Given to God is first in my pond. He always gets the first 10%. Because tithing is actually about submission. It's about declaring in action, God, you're number one. And the thing that we... We, this is the way we live our life. Someone comes around your house for dinner. You always honor the guests first. So you're like cutting up the cake or the nice dessert. You serve them first. You don't put the big whopping piece of cake on your plate. Because we want to give our best um, as a way of honoring. And so Jesus is my Lord. He's my King. God's my dad. And he needs to get my first and my best. So this is a kingdom key. And blessing flows from this. So Malachi 3, it's a big long one says this, will a man rob God, yet you are robbing me? But you say, how have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse, you're robbing me, the whole nation of you. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse so that there may be food in my house and test me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you a blessing until it overflows. So basically what God is saying here is for you not to bring me the first 10%, you are robbing me. 
and that there's something wrong with that, basically, is what God is saying. And we're to bring into the storehouse um, tithing. So tithing is really the minimum. So it's tithes and offerings, which is above the 10%. Um, so if, I just want to just say this. Like, if, if, if we're not tithing, like, that really is the very least. And it's a really a good reality check for us. Um, and God says that we can test him on this. And he tells us... Um, really of the promise, that the promise of the tithe is outrageous. That he's going to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing until it overflows. Now, the thing about overflows, I was like, how can I, what's a good picture for me is what I imagine overflowing to look like. This is what I imagine overflowing to look like. And the thing about overflowing is it keeps being poured out. It doesn't just overflow once and that's it. So the windows of heaven, it's not just about cash. It is about cash, but it's not just about cash. That when we submit to Jesus, he's Lord, he's King, he gets our first fruits. Um, actually, what happens is that blessing gets poured out and that look at, like the blessings of heaven being poured out and overflowing can look like all sorts of things. It can look like dots getting lined up or connected or suddenly you meet a person that you're like oh my goodness how did God set this up and just dot, things falling into place and bills reducing and favor and increase and more blessing and more blessing and more blessing like there's no limit to what that can look like because God is huge and he's awesome and he's good and he's abundant so I personally and you are not limited by lack but we get to partner with the King and King, King of Kings to do great things on the earth. And we have a clear promise from God to test him in this and that he'll bless us. So quite frankly, it would be foolish not to. I mean, why would we, why would we not? Uh, I love this great quote from John Crowder, which says this, when God is prompting us to give higher amounts than we are comfortable with, it's always better to err on the side of risk than cowardice. Um, so that's been my experience I am you know reaping and sowing is an actual thing like wh when I give outrageous things or God asks me a thing and I'm like oh and I do it I'm just like okay well I wonder what's going to happen next like I'm expecting some outrageous thing to happen um, and so in in the world in our world like the financial principles on planet earth are that we budget and that we save and that we work hard but who knows that we are not just in the world, we're also, we're, to be not, we're not to be of it, and we're actually people who live in two realms simultaneously. We're part of a different kingdom, which is ever advancing, and we have kingdom keys that function um, differently. So work hard, and you know, people do prosper if they work hard. It's a, you know, sowing and reaping is a thing that functions for everyone. But actually the keys that we've been looking at, believing that God is good and abundant, that we need to be generous ourselves and we need to give him first fruits and really just submit and honor and bow to King Jesus actually means that he, we get to experience his kingdom, his financial and spiritual blessings like we read about in Philippians. Um, and God plan, promises to prosper us. Um, Jeremiah, we all know it, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you to give you hope and a future, what a promise. So I just wanna ask, if you are someone that you actually are like, actually I wanna take tithing and honoring God with what he's given me seriously, and I wanna be more like the man with five talents that makes five more of the master than the one who buries it in fear, I want you to pop your hand up as I dive into my black bag. Is that reply to anyone? Okay, great, thank you so much. Here you go. God plans to prosper you and not harm you. You can drink that truth every day. 
Okay, uh, so for me personally, um, something shifted in my life in May 2018. I was in Germany. I don't have time to go into the actual story now, but you can ask me um, about it another time. And then I came back not long after that. We were doing a special offering in Hope Church, and God said to me, uh, no, so what happened in that meeting was something broke corporately. There was a, there was a shift across everyone in the room that something broke across our finances and being obedient, and being obedient and generous in a way that we hadn't known before. So I come back, we're having an offering, and God says to me, I want you to give everything that you have. I was like, what, all of it? Like my whole bank account? He's like, yes, everything, empty it. And I was like, oh, okay, not sure how I feel about that, but I'll do it. So I did it, and then literally, like, I was like, I don't actually know how I'm going to eat or what that's going to look like. Um, and two days later, my boss is like, oh, I want to give you a bonus. And it ended up being like, I don't know, like five or six times the amount I'd given away because I didn't really have very much money at that time. And so being obedient, uh, we can never outgive God. It's amazing. Um, so we're coming into land, in case you're wondering. So if you heard me share about my time in Brazil two weeks ago, you will know that nothing messes me up more than watching people surrender their lives to Jesus and then watching as God takes someone's pain that's been in their body for years and it just disappears in a moment. I absolutely love it. It's amazing. It blows me away, messes me up. It's utterly phenomenal. Now, I don't know about you, but I personally do not yet see both of those things like salvations and instantaneous healings happening in huge numbers on a daily basis yet but what I do get to see consistently and what I believe we all can is I get to live in money miracles and outrageous provision sometimes more than seeing people saved sometimes more than uh, breakthroughs and healing so gifts and surprises tax rebates checks in the post estate i mean i've had an estate and inheritance from someone that i didn't even know i mean god is just those things we declare um are it's amazing so i i want to overflow with blessing so that i have more than enough to give into the kingdom of god and see and promote the gospel of jesus christ which is what we declare regularly and the only limitations on that are my obedience and when he asked me to give money away and trusting that it's all his anyway, and also um, really just whether I'm going to par partner with him or I'm not. Am I going to believe what he says to be true or not? So I just have this phrase, you can steal it if you like. When God asks me to give money to like other people, I call it redistributing the wealth because it's all his anyway. It helps me to get my mind right it's all his money anyways. So I'm just redistributing it where he knows it needs to go because he understands how it works and I don't. It's, I want to be a good steward. I aspire, I don't know about you, I aspire to give away five and six figure sums at some point in my life. And I know that in my life personally, for me to achieve and do what God's put me on planet Earth for, that I'm going to need millions uh, to come into my life to do what he has said. And so I... Um, I, my job is to seek first his kingdom and all the rest will be added when he wants it to be at the right moment. So, we're going to do a declaration. Did we get to that? Oh, here we go. So, I would like to invite you to stand to your feet. We're just going to declare some biblical truth of the things I've been touching on today. And then we will uh, have a few questions for you to mull over before you collect your kids. So, are you ready on three if you're willing to join in? If you don't want to, you can just stand quietly and we'll declare for you. So we've got two pages. 
Uh, so, ready, steady, go. I declare that as I... S oh, sorry, stop, 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 stop. I'm so sorry. I forgot to say, I'm so sorry. When I've got a word underlined, I really want us to emphasize that with a louder voice. Okay, sorry. So we'll start again. That was just a warm-up. One, two, three. I declare that as I seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, everything I need will be provided. God will supply every need of mine according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Everything I have and own belongs to God. So I hold it all lightly and trust only in him. I choose to trust in the voice of God and believe that he is the God of ultimate provision. As I give God my first fruits, he desires to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on me until it overflows. I declare that I am a generous person, just like my heavenly dad. It runs in the family. Amen. Amen. And then these are just for you to mull over and just have a think uh, about some of them in your, you know, in your quiet time or as you're um, having a rest this afternoon in front of the telly. Because um, being a follower of Jesus looks like fully surrendering and yielding to him because our lives are not our loan and everything belongs to him. So what does, what does it look like? You know, Jesus wants more of the heart. He wants to be Lord and King. Have you ever given him your bank account, car, house and job? How would you give if you were already rich? What would it look like to prophetically sow as if you were already at a different level of income? And if you do not tithe already, consider doing this. Try it out for four months. Write down your financial position at the start and then again after four months and look at what has changed.